0: To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at PaulStoneSports.org. Now, on to the show.
1: Well, here we sit uh, on the morning of Friday, February 11th, the Super Bowl's in two days, Valentine's Day in three days, but my mind's mostly forward-thinking to next month. Uh, Alas, today is 30 days from Selection Sunday, uh, the prelude, if you will, to my favorite event of the sports calendar, March Madness. Hello again, everyone. I'm Paul Stone, and welcome to episode 38 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast, which I have titled The Eyes of March. Not to be confused with the Ides of March, or for that matter, the Eyes of Texas, Uh, but I think you get my little play on words as I examine some teams I think might make some noise next month uh, when the calendar shifts to the month of March and college basketball takes center stage for the better part of uh, two weeks and change. And before I get into some of the teams that I think uh, you should be keeping an eye on come tournament time, let's get today's shameless plug out of the way. I am Paul Stone Sports, uh, Paul Stone uh, of Paul Stone Sports, my website being paulstonesports.org. If you're interested, you can take a look there. Just a little bit about myself and what I do. I've been seriously handicapping sports for over 30 years uh, with a heavy concentration on college football and college basketball. And about five years ago, added PGA Tour Golf. Uh, as that sport began to gain popularity in the betting markets, after a red hot, red hot start, rather this uh, year to the college basketball season, I've regressed to the mean. Uh, last couple of weeks have not been that good, but I'm still ninety nine seventy nine and one against the spread, fifty six percent entering today's action, and this is important. Uh, that's as monitored by the independent respected, the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Uh, That record is entering today's action on Friday, February 11th. I'm not going to ask you to take, you know, take my word on it. Uh, Scout's honor. You know, you can research, again, my historical records at the Sports Monitor's website, uh, dating back quite a few years. Uh, Many of my clients, uh, I believe, are more discerning individuals uh, who understand uh, and respect uh, the difficulty and rarity, for that matter, of a long-term winning sports better. Uh, if you want a pretty face and a bronze tan, you know, I'm probably not your girl. Uh, if you're easily swayed by an obnoxious, loud mouth, what do you think about me kind of guy wearing chains and sunglasses and whatever else, that's not me either. Uh, I could tell you what that is, in my opinion, but this is a, this is a family show. Sports betting day in and day out, it is a battle. It is a grind. Uh, my results, I think, speak for themselves. Again, if you're interested, take a look at uh, paulstonesports.org. Going to look at some teams here. Just, I'm going to kind of go just kind of here and there and just jump all over the place uh, about what I'm thinking uh, here in the middle of February uh, about teams that might make some noise, that might even have a chance to win the NCAA tournament, and maybe some teams as well that are overrated uh, as we get closer to the tournament. First of all, I'm going to take a look at three long shots. These teams aren't going to win the NCAA tournament, uh, but they might win a game or two. You know, one of these schools, it it wouldn't surprise me greatly if one of them made the Sweet 16, uh, could perhaps be this year's Cinderella. Uh, These teams have all won 20 games, and without further ado, I'm going to let you know the teams I'm looking at, and then just give you a little information about all three. Uh, These teams being New Mexico State, Murray State, and Wyoming. Uh, First of all, New Mexico State, uh, the class of the uh, Western Athletic Conference this year, uh, they beat Davidson earlier this year on a neutral by 11. Beat Washington State, a good Washington State team, uh, by three earlier this year in Pullman uh, on the road. Uh, Looking at this Murray State team, the uh, Racers, they've won 13 straight games since losing at Auburn by 13. Important to note a couple of impressive uh, road victories. They won by 22 at Belmont uh, there in Nashville. That's a good Belmont team year in and year out. Also won by two at Memphis uh, of the American Athletic Conference. And then taking a look at Wyoming, this is a Cowboy team that's really – pretty much universally underrated by all the power ranking systems and, and uh, different uh, ranking systems that uh, are observed in college basketball. But the Cowboys have won 11 of their last 12, only lost during that stretch being a three-point defeat at Boise State. They've got a 6-7 guard in Hunter Maldonado, kind of a post-up specialist. He takes guys down low, averages almost 20 points a game, really a fun player to watch. And then their big man, Graham Icke, uh, he averages 20.4 points a game uh, and nine rebounds a game. And this Wyoming team, you know, I think they could be – I know the Mountain West Conference has not had great success some years in the tournament, but I think this is a uh, an interesting Wyoming team. So three, again, potential long shots to look at as we get close to March. New Mexico State, Murray State, and Wyoming. And now I'm going to take a, a look at some teams that I think – might be viable uh, chief contenders for the NCAA uh, tournament championship, the final four, those types of things. And also take a look at some teams that I believe are going to be overvalued or overrated. And first of all, we're going to take a look at the team that might be the best in the entire nation at present. Uh, but I'm old enough, first of all, to remember when Gonzaga uh, was viewed as sort of a, a flying ointment uh, type mid-major program you know one of those smaller mid-major schools tucked away uh, in some corner up there in Spokane Washington that might win a game or maybe even two in NCAA tournament Uh, but that's not the Gonzaga of today this is a national power uh, by any metric uh, by any observer and it starts with this season's team with the front court first of all they're True freshman, the rail-thin freshman, Chet Holmgren. Uh, This guy has just developed. He's already one of the top players in the nation, uh, averaging 14.6 points per game, a little over nine rebounds a game, shoots 65% from the field, and uh, 47% from three-point land. And it's not like he's got a small sample size of of three-pointers. He averages a little over three. Uh, three-point attempts a game. So he does shoot the ball out there a little bit. But, uh, boy, Holmgren has been a great addition to a front line that's the nation's best uh, that already featured the veteran uh, Drew Timmy, a guy from the state of Texas. Uh, Timmy averages a team high 17.4 rebound or points, rather, uh, 6.1 rebounds, shoots 60% overall from the field. You look at this Gonzaga team, they've been a model, a model of consistency uh, over the past several seasons. Entering this year, uh, Gonzaga now advanced has now advanced to six straight Sweet 16s. That's the longest streak of its kind in all of college basketball. The Zags, a solid bet to extend that streak uh, of Sweet 16 appearances to seven. They've appeared in two of the past four national championship games. They've lost both uh, last year to Baylor. But one of these years, uh, Mark Few uh, and his uh, team, they're going to win the the gold ball and might it be this year. I'm going to look at a team now that uh, I think might be a little bit overrated, that I think, although it wouldn't be a, a huge surprise to me or anyone else if they made the, the Final Four. Looking at this uh, week's number one team in both major polls, the Auburn Tigers. Uh, They lost uh, earlier this week on Tuesday. Uh, I record here on Friday, February 11th, uh, approaching 10 a.m. Central. Uh, They lost on Tuesday the 8th uh, three days ago at Arkansas in overtime. They're not going to be number one when the polls come out uh, in, in a few days, the new poll. That loss at Arkansas doesn't really concern me. Arkansas is playing well. The Tigers also were without their Senior point guard, Zepp Jasper. What does concern me a little bit is the narrow losses uh, in the last few weeks at conference bottom feeders, Missouri and Georgia. Those two teams are combined 4-17 and 17 in SEC play. Uh, Jasper also, he did miss the game at Georgia last Saturday, six days ago. But you've got to put those kind of teams away, you know, full strength or not, uh, if you're going to win a national championship. Uh, You know, I'll say, uh, in my opinion, I'll make the prediction that the supremely talented Tigers uh, miss out on a trip to New Orleans in the Final Four. A better pick from the SEC, uh, in my mind, to make the Final Four, the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, Last season, first of all, their historically bad 9-16 and edition. I don't think it's set too well with Coach Cal. Uh, they won, this is a team, you know, when I'm looking for a team that, that I think might win it all, or might make a deep run in the NCAA tournament, I try to look at that, their performance on the road. And a lot of the major programs obviously don't play a whole lot of true road games in the non-conference. But once we get to this part of the calendar, you've got a little bit of a sample size and looking at this Kentucky team, uh, they won by 11 at Alabama last Saturday, after leading by 17 points with three minutes to go. Uh, The road game prior to that, Kentucky strolled into Allen Fieldhouse on a Saturday night uh, and dismantled Kansas by 18, uh, led by 20 at the half. And again, you know, when I look at potential national championship caliber teams, I ask myself, what have they done on the road? Uh, And this Kentucky team obviously has an impressive road resume. Uh, This isn't a, you know, a poorly Fitted collection of one and dones. Uh This is a team uh, starting to peak. Watch out for Big Blue Nation come March. So I like that Kentucky team quite a bit. Duke, uh, you know, this is a team. Uh, when, when they're on, you know, th- there might not be a team in all the land with a higher ceiling than the Blue Devils. Uh, and wouldn't it be fitting if Mike, uh, Mike Shosevsky, their longtime uh, coach, who turns 75 in two days uh, this Sunday, the day before Valentine's Day, wouldn't it be fitting if he was to win his na- sixth rather uh, national championship in the final season uh, of one of the uh, sports' most storied coaching careers? Uh, you know, in college basketball history, you know, I know there are a lot of uh, Duke haters, uh, but I'm a handicapper. You know, I'm not looking for a date to the prom. And Krzyzewski's accomplishments in Durham, uh, without question, uh, rank among the sport's historic best. Looking at another team that I think might be a little bit overvalued uh, come March. Uh, First of all, uh, Tommy uh, Lloyd. He was Mark Few's first lieutenant there at Gonzaga for many years. This is his first season as the head man at the University of Arizona. He's done a stellar job uh, in his first season there. But like Auburn, you know, I'll be surprised if Arizona advances to the final four. You know, they've won uh, they won by four, first of all, in, in non-conference at Illinois, lost by four at Tennessee in non-conference. Then you look at the uh, key conference game uh, at UCLA there in Westwood on January 28th. Uh, the Cats trail by 11 at the half, never got any closer than eight in the second half. So they weren't really ever in the game. Uh, in recent home games uh, against UCLA and USC, both those teams were within striking distance of the Cats uh, in the closing minutes. USC actually led by six points uh, at Arizona with six and a half minutes to go. So I just don't think as much talent as they've got, I don't think Arizona either is a team that's going to make the Final Four. I think a lot of people are going to probably come out disappointed uh, when all is said and done concerning this year's addition to the Wildcats. I'm going to kind of look at the the Big 12 um just kind of as a whole. Uh you know, this is a great 10 team league uh top to bottom. Uh you know, they're perhaps not quite as as top heavy uh, as the last two editions uh of the conference. Uh you know, this past year obviously Baylor wins the national championship. They beat Gonzaga in convincing fashion 86 to 70. Uh we didn't have a tournament in 2020 as we all know. Uh, But the year before in 2019, Chris Beard and Texas Tech, uh, they lost in overtime to Virginia. Uh, The Cavaliers needed a three-pointer, if you remember, in the game's final seconds from DeAndre Hunter to actually uh, force overtime in that game. Uh, Big 12's appeared in the last two national championship games. Again, Baylor winning Tech in 2019, coming very close. They might not have a team quite that good this year, Uh, is those Baylor and Texas Tech teams. But despite also, I know they lost the Big 12 SEC Challenge, but I still think this is the best team uh, in the nation from top to bottom. I mean, looking at the bottom half of this league, uh, those teams being Kansas State's at four and seven currently, Oklahoma State at four and seven, Oklahoma also at four and seven. Oklahoma off a 15-point home win a couple of days ago over Texas Tech. West Virginia next to last in ninth place at three and seven. And Iowa State in 10th place, last place in the league at three and eight. Uh, You look at, first of all, uh, Iowa State, the last place team. Let's look at them. A lot of people have said, well, they were overrated. Sure, they were overrated. But this Iowa State team went through their non-conference schedule undefeated at 12 and 0, and they were ranked number eight in the nation at the start of Big 12 play. And they're now number 10 in the 10 team Big 12. So they go from number eight in the nation when conference play starts to last place, 10th place in the Big 12. That shows you the depth of this conference. Then you look at West Virginia next to to last place. They were in last place until they beat Iowa State a few days ago at home there in Morgantown. West Virginia at 3-7 and in the league, they've got a Hall of Fame coach, a future Hall of Fame coach, I believe, uh, in Huggy Bear, Bob Huggins. So those are the two teams, again, uh, that are pulling up the bottom there, the Big 12. Uh, As far as, you know, who could uh, make the tournament from the Big 12, I think there's actually four teams uh, that could make the – or not make the tournament, but rather make the Final Four. Four teams uh, that have a chance. You know, two uh, are pretty obvious, Baylor and Kansas. Uh, Texas Tech would be the third team. And then I still think Texas has a chance, although they have certainly, uh, despite a home victory over Kansas a few days, there in Austin on Big Monday. Uh, have been primarily uh, a disappointment, I think, to this point in Chris Beard's first year. This Baylor team struggled their last several games, uh, but very important to note that their top scorer, L.J. Cryer, uh, has been battling a foot injury, a right foot injury specifically. Uh, He injured that foot. I think he broke that foot prior to preseason workouts. So Cryer's foot injury is certainly something that bears watching, no pun intended. Uh, As the Bears move closer to March, if he's healthy, uh, they're a threat to win the uh, NCAA tournament. If Cryer's not healthy and those foot injuries can really be nagging, uh, I don't think Baylor's a team that's going to be in New Orleans uh, the uh, latter part of March and early part of April. Uh, But Baylor's certainly a team that can make it. And then Kansas, you know, I don't think this is Bill Self's most highly talented team. Uh, even in recent years, but uh, they are a team that's got some great uh, offensive players. Uh, they've got the uh, in a, uh, the uh, top offensive player probably in the conference in Egg uh, Jogby and uh, he's a great scorer, uh, can light it up and, and can uh, you know score points in bunches. And then you look at Texas Tech. Uh, they're in Mark Adams first season. Uh, Adams, a longtime junior college coach in Texas uh, at Howard College, uh, was uh, Chris Beard's top assistant for a few years, got promoted when Chris Beard left to go to the University of Texas uh, and take the job there. Texas Tech's really not missed a beat under Adams. They continue to play that great defense. They need a little more uh, of an offensive scoring threat uh, to, I think, make it to the Final Four, but Texas Tech certainly a team that has the talent to do that. And then you look at this Texas team. They're kind of an enigma, uh, but they're starting to get better. You know, first of all, they're a great defensive team. There's no question about it. And I think defense really becomes important when you get to the tournament. Uh, you know, fouls, fewer fouls tend to be called. You um, They let you play a little bit more. And Texas is a team that's very, very physical. Uh, Those of you who watched the game this past Monday against Kansas, uh, I think the refs probably let them play uh, quite a bit. And that was to Texas's advantage. You're kind of three yards in a cloud of dust. They'll get you in a phone booth and kind of bully you up a little bit. So just the way that the NCAA tournament is called and the way that it's played, I think, is right up Texas's alley. Uh, This is a team that – Going into the Kansas game, I'm not sure if this is still the case, but they led the nation in scoring defense at at 54.9 points per game allowed. Also ranked in the top 20 in effective defensive field goal percentage at about 45%. So very, very strong defensively. They're pretty good free throw shooting team, which has kind of been one of their Achilles heels in recent years. They shoot right at 75% from the line. Marcus Carr, important to note, that he's starting to give them a little offense. He was a little bit tentative. Uh, one of their many transfers uh, out of the portal who came to the University of Texas once Beard was named uh, the Longhorns head coach. Uh, But Carr is a guy from Canada uh, who played uh, at the University of Minnesota and was actually first-team All-Big Ten there last year. Uh, Many considered him uh, to be the top-incoming transfer out of the portal uh, in all of college basketball this year. And again, his offensive game, a little bit slow to flourish. He was a little bit tentative, Uh, But recently, in his last seven games, Carr's averaged a little bit over 14 points a game. Uh, He's starting to shoot the three-pointer better. Real good free-throw shooter. He's a creator. He can create his own shot, uh, starting to find some comfort in Chris Beard's offense. And then, of course, Timmy Allen, uh, the Utah transfer, had the big game against Kansas on Monday. Uh, Much was said by Jay Bullis and some of the other guys here on ESPN about Allen's mid-range game. Uh, from you know 12 to 16 feet. Uh, Timmy Allen is a big-time player, and I think this Texas team, although they were overrated, some had them rated as high as number two in the nation, uh, certainly overrated at the start of the season. Uh, I think they're starting to come into form a little bit, uh, and I think they could be a uh, team to be reckoned with. We're going to close today's podcast starting with the Super Bowl. Uh, you guys know I'm a a college guy, again, football and basketball and, and mingle in, mix in a little bit of golf as well. But this is the Super Bowl. This is the biggest sporting event uh, in the uh, of the year. So we're going to talk about it a little bit. We've got Cincinnati, um, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Los Angeles Rams playing uh, this Sunday, February 13th. And uh, I'm going to give a, a selection on the side. Again, this is the Super Bowl, uh, but it's not a super betting event unless you are – spending a lot of time on the propositions and have already taken the best lines, which are long gone on the props for the most part. Uh, But that's where the value lies in in the markets. The derivative markets is where the value lies in this game, certainly not betting the side or total. Although there will be winners on the side, there will be losers. Uh, The same with the total. Uh, But don't overextend yourself because of the hype of the game, because of the uh, the halftime show, uh, just because of your excitement, because it's not. Uh, a great betting event for those of us who uh, try to do this from a long-term winning standpoint. Uh, Looking at Cincinnati, you know, they were obviously fortunate a few weeks back to escape uh, with the 1916 win at Tennessee, uh, that being in the divisional round of the playoffs. You know, first of all, Joe Burrow, he did throw for 348 yards, but on the flip side, he was sacked nine times by the Titans in that game. Ah, uh, the Titans were pretty good at uh, sacking the quarterback. They finished tied for tenth in the NFL with 43 sacks. But the teams that the the team rather that the Bengals are playing this week, the Los Angeles Rams, uh, they uh, ended up uh, ranked third in the league in sacks with 50 team sacks overall. The Rams have three of the NFL's top 15 sack leaders this season. Uh, led by, you guessed it, uh, one of the game's very best up front. Aaron Donald had 14 sacks this year, uh, not too far behind Donald with 10 and a half sacks each. Linebackers Von Miller and Leonard Floyd. Uh, you've got to wonder if those three gentlemen are going to wreak havoc on Mr. Uh, Burrow's day come Sunday. Uh, The Rams also have, you know, what should be the advantage of playing the game on their home field. Uh, They're going to be playing there at the new SoFi Stadium. But I'm going to go the other direction. I just like this current uh, trajectory, if you will, of this Bengals team. In their last seven games, they are 6-0-1 against the spread. Uh, So they've been outperforming public perception. And I don't know if this is unprecedented, but it's really interesting. Counting the Super Bowl – the Bengals in the 20 games that they're going to play this year, the regular season and playoff games, they would have been the betting underdog in 11 of their 20 games. So you have a team that's one victory away from winning the Super Bowl that's going to be able to say, this season we were an underdog more than we were a favorite. And that's really, you know, man, that's just uh, kind of mind-blowing. I love numbers, love statistics, unique statistics, and that's certainly one The Bengals have already won seven games outright this year as the betting underdog. Uh, Joe Burrow, you know, he seems to have that, obviously won a national championship uh, at LSU, won the Heisman Trophy at LSU during that 2019 season. And now he becomes, I think he becomes, uh, is attempting to become rather the first player in football history to win the national championship, the Heisman Trophy, and the Super Bowl. I believe that's correct. Again, the NFL is not my forte, but I do keep the TV turned on as background noise, so I think I've heard that. And Joe Burrow, you know, there's no question about it. He's one of those quarterbacks, one of those guys that seems to have that championship quality, uh, that it factor. Some have called it the Burrow magic, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I took the uh, Bengals plus four and a half. Uh, Now it seems, you know, looking around this morning on, on Friday morning, February 11th, uh, everybody, all the shops seem to be pretty much uh, at the Rams minus four. Uh, so being able to get the Bengals plus four and a half at this point might be a thing of the past, but you still might consider them uh, at plus four. But I took the Bengals in this game. Again, it's for lunch money. Uh, I'm not betting the, uh, you know, the back 40 or the ranch on the, the Bengals. Uh, the Super Bowl is not a premium betting event it's a premium showcase and a premium sporting event and we shouldn't get the uh, the two confused because there's not uh, not great value in betting the NFL period for most of us and certainly not value in betting the Super Bowl well it's been uh, a great joy to be with you again uh, as we talked about the eyes of March episode 38 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast everybody have a great Super Bowl uh, be safe Uh, everything in moderation. Have a great weekend. Until next time, again, I'm Paul Stone.
0: Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast.